0: A grand
1: slam. This is Sports Open Live. American on America's Sports Voice. What's down? Kansas City. KMOX.
0: A very special edition of Sports Open Line as we are covering the MLS expansion draft. All the picks are in. St. Louis City SC also making a couple trades today. Uh, My name is uh, Matt Pauley. continuing on as well with uh, Nate Gatter, and we're very happy to uh, welcome on to the show. He uh, covers uh, the MLS for uh, MLSsoccer.com. You can follow him on Twitter at CBOEHM. He is Charles Boehm. Charles, as we go to the Quiver River Guest Line, appreciate your time. How are you? Charles, are you there? We may not have Charles. Charles, we hear something. We'll, uh, we'll try to get Charles here in uh, just a second or so as uh, we continue to kind of recap uh, everything that has gone down uh, during the draft. It, it felt like, and we're seeing whether or not uh, we can get Charles back. It may just be a moment or so. Uh, Nate Gatter continuing to uh, join us as well. Uh it felt like that final move that was made on a trade might end up being the most significant of any of the players that are brought in. Would you agree with that assessment? Yeah.
2: Yeah, I think so. I mean, Tim Parker is a good player. Um the concern for for Tim Parker is his contract that he's, you know, a seven-figure player, which is not common in MLS and and generally if you're paying seven figures for a player, you want to be getting really good production. I I know a lot of folks in Houston uh, don't feel like he's been up to that contract at the same time they didn't pay that much in in general allocation money one of the things that i I'd, I'd like to understand better and you know i I realize I'm supposed to be the expert here but there are very few people who I think can qualify as true experts on uh, the intricacies of MLs in this regard they could have had the opportunity there to potentially pay nothing in allocation money in just in the expansion draft in order to select Parker uh, and they would have brought his entire contract with him. I, I'm interested in why they would choose to handle it that way. I mean, you, they got something from LaCava, but best case scenario, you're getting $250,000 out of LaCava's selection and then spending 500 dollars So you're still 250 dollars in the hole for the reported $500,000 that they spent to acquire Parker. Uh, unless there's some other sort of mechanism here that makes sense for them, I, I, and there must be. I'm a little bit confused. Uh, otherwise why they would have made that move rather than selecting Parker outright. All
0: right, we will try this again. We have uh Charles Boehm on the uh, Quiver River guest line. Charles, do you have us this time?
3: I do. I do. I was, I had nothing but dead air, so I kept my mouth shut. So nope. I'm, I'm happy to hear you.
0: That's uh. that's what my wife tells me to do all the time. So that's generally <laughs> a good, uh. good way to go about things. Uh, Just opening up like initial reactions to what St. Louis did today in the expansion draft.
3: Yeah, it's, it's a, it's an intriguing draft. You've got to, you know, a couple of different cases of how different teams go about this because you saw the uh, the instant deal um, on one of the picks, which which kind of shows you that they're definitely out there working the phones, trying to figure out how to maximize assets, right, and, and collect the allocation money, which is such a big part of 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 the team building process for a team in St. Louis's uh, situation. Other than that, I think what you're seeing is the uh, the pressing identity of this of this group, the, the identity they want to have as a young, hungry, sort of hardworking pressing team is starting to become a little bit more clear with emphasizing youth and maybe undervalued assets here.
2: Uh, Charles, uh, w- one of the things we were just talking about before you came on, and I think we're getting a little bit more news about it now, is this this trade they made right after the draft. Because for the most part, we expected City to be making selections of these younger players. You know, Lutz, uh, Fanny Steele, and, and Bradley Carnell have talked a lot about wanting these players who are still ascending and who they can get more out of rather than acquiring the finished product. Tim Parker is is more of the finished product in the guy who's going to be turning 30 as next season kicks off. Obviously he has experience with Carnell and, and all of that from Red Bulls, but uh, a guy whose contract has not been the most team friendly for Houston. And we were wondering, well, why would they pay $500,000 in allocation money in order to acquire him after the draft rather than just selecting him for no allocation money? Looks like maybe part of the reason is that Houston's going to keep a chunk of that contract with that in mind. Obviously we don't know the exact number that Houston would be retaining especially if city isn't paying the the full amount of that contract. Do you like that acquisition as a more of a, a ready-made piece to plug and play?
3: Well, listen, if if Cardinals fans thought they were getting a sense of capology on the baseball side, you're (laughs) about to get a real crash course uh, in, in MLS capology where it's almost even a little more urgent because, you know, everybody's working in with, with constraints that sort of really reward um, frugality, intelligence, resourcefulness, right? So Tim Parker, wasn't it is, and I, I would say you, you'd say at his peak, he's still an elite. MLS center back who, is, who, who made his name or, or had some of his peak years in the Red Bull system, which is going to be, you know, Luz was explicit about the, the, the Red Bull's DNA in this group, right? And so he, was, he showed his best in that system, and now you've got a chance to maybe work out a deal with Houston, who are, have a new coach and, and a new ownership group that want to spend some money and, and maybe are looking twice at some of the sort of holdovers they have, right? And they've got to make some room on the cap. And so the idea is that maybe we can you know five hundred k is still a, a good value for a player who was who who fetched about twice that on the trade market not that long ago. So I think that's that's the factor you have to keep in mind that you're always trying to get you know not just get quality players, but also maximize your value. And then if you can find a way, to get other teams to help you out or maybe throw some allocation money your way, then you can do so many different things with that.
0: Yeah, that was kind of going to be what I asked you next. Do you feel like there's going to be more opportunities to make moves that are kind of similar to this Parker move uh, during the rest of this offseason?
3: Yeah, you know, watching Lutz Fahndensteel is sort of fascinating because this is not necessarily an MLS guy. He, he it doesn't come from a you know a heavy MLS background. But you can tell he has this sort of calculating uh, curious mind, where he's adapted and he's quickly figuring out the ropes in this new environment, and he wants to kind of solve this puzzle to try and find the most value for for money and and not waste a dollar. Which, you know, maybe it's a little bit less sexy than you know what you see with LAFC and some of the the big market clubs that are that that are getting more glamorous. But you know, for the, the sort of model in MLS these days is Philadelphia Union because that's a team that you know is is an elite team as we saw, reaches an MLS Cup final on the back of of these kind of transactions, finding value at every possible opportunity, both home and abroad.
2: Charles, uh, one of the other things I wanted to ask you about is, uh, again, because this is getting into sort of the technical oddities of MLS, is with Indiana vassal of the second selection from Inter-Miami, technically, Inter-Miami had him on loan, and he still ultimately belongs to Aston Villa, but one of the oddities, if I have this right, of the MLS single-entity system is that MLS technically owns that loan contract, and now that can still be transferred to City, and then they can negotiate in some way with Aston Villa? Is that the idea?
3: Yeah, there's maybe maybe Dave and Buster's coins or coupons are sort of analogy here, right? You've got you've got your 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 sort of uh, assets or your your dollars on the international market, and then we your you know global environment, and then you've got your sort of MLS, uh, you know, GAM and TAM and these sort of like monopoly money. That some people uh, use the shorthand, and so the idea here is that you've acquired the right to to the MLS rights to this player and the opportunity to bring them in. But I, am very curious to find out. I, I don't know if we'll get more from Lutz and others about whether they've had conversations with, with Vasilev, his people, Aston Villa about a, a you know, the, the next step of, of his career, or if they're just taking a, a little bit of a role here acquiring those rights and then they try and see if they can work out a deal to get the guy back. I'm sure Aston Villa would love to get a return on a player who's sort of been on the fringes of their team. Um, but it, the idea of value of that player is going to be subjective as, as we'll find out.
2: With that in mind, just a quick follow up on that. Do you like that sort of approach, uh, uh, kind of taking in some ways a bigger swing, especially if City haven't had detailed discussions with Vasilev or any with Aston Villa? I don't know exactly what the rules would be about what they are and aren't allowed to talk about before having the rights to the player. Do you think that that's a smart use of this from a, from City's perspective? I guess my question is if you were Lutz Vantage Deal, would you be swinging bigger on, on these sorts of ambitious moves, even if there's a chance that you end up getting little to nothing from it?
3: I think the devil's in the details because, you, you, you know, you, you have so many different factors. And, and a lot of it comes down to also conversations between the coach and the sporting director. You know, how much do you want this guy, right? Like how, how many resources, how much time and trouble are we going to allocate towards making this happen? And so it's possible that they've already got something lined up. It's possible that there's a little bit of a dice roll here. An overarching perspective I get from these picks is that they're looking for value. And they feel like they've already built out you know, a squad, uh, as, as Luke said on the broadcast, the spine of the squad. He sounded like he was very comfortable with what he's already done. And so now they're sort of uh, you know, decorating the Christmas tree, to use his metaphor. So, so we'll, we'll have to see. But there's definitely there's a big spectrum here. And unfortunately, it's hard to say right at this moment.
0: He is Charles Boehm. You can read him at MLSsoccer.com. Follow him on Twitter at CBOEHM. Charles, thank you so much for your time. Hopefully we can continue to tap into uh, your uh, insight here uh, moving forward.
3: Well, hey, enjoy the expansion ride, guys, and uh, hope we'll talk soon.
0: Awesome, very good. There's Charles Boehm joining us here on Sports Open Line. Uh, we've got more coming up in just a moment. Another guest, uh, Zach Lowy is going to join us. He's very connected with what uh, St. Louis City SC is uh, doing, and uh, we'll get his thoughts on the expansion draft, which uh, took place about wrapped up about fifteen twenty minutes ago. This is Sports Open Line, a special edition here on KMOX.